Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. I am Al, and joining me today is the Enkidu to my Gilgamesh, my faithful companion, Chad. Wait, my, I'm your what to your who? You're, you're the Enkidu to my Gilgamesh. It's like, you've never played... Okay, you're either not familiar with Babylonian mythology, or you've never oh. played Final Fantasy V. Correct on both accounts. Okay. I mean, I've heard of the Song of Gilgamesh, right? Song of... Uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh, yes. The Epic of Gilgamesh, but I don't know yes. it. I don't know. I don't have Babylonian um, history. I did. I took a class called Ancient Near East Religions in college, and I learned uh, I learned not only the Babylonian version of the tale, but the uh, the Sumerian version as well. Well, now, Sumerians I know, because that's, that's off of Ghostbusters. Yeah, but... Zul, okay. Zul was a Sumerian god. I don't think there was actually a, a Sumerian god or goddess named Zul. Not that I'm familiar well, with. According to Ghostbusters, dude. I don't and, know. and if it's in Ghostbusters, it has to be true. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, let's <laughs> get this show on the road. Uh, shall we, faithful companion? We shall, oh, okay. faithful master wait no i don't like that no and kidu is not gilgamesh's servant and gilgamesh is not in kidu's master they're companions they're allies okay, okay. look look up final fantasy 5 and, and and you'll you'll find out but anyways i'll we're get not, right on that we are actually not here to talk about final fantasy nor are we here to talk about babylonian mythology we are here to talk more about Black Mirror. So this episode is called San Junipero. And Chad. Wait, stop the presses. Stop the presses. Al? Yes? I like this one. <gasps> yeah. yeah. I, I told you there were some good episodes in here. And I remember you. still tell the middle of season three. Yeah, I, I know we've talked a little bit about is how there's some episodes in this series that you like really hated and then there are others that were watchable. But yeah, most of them, it seemed like you really didn't you really didn't get too much into them. But that's cool that you liked this one. And I actually liked this episode, too. So, I mean, I think it has a decent story behind it. But I also I think some of the technological aspects of the story are interesting as well. Yeah, the technology yeah. was cool. And there's actually a couple of things in this episode that I actually didn't catch until having watched after watched the episode a few times. Uh, like I said, I'll, I'll mention it, but yeah, there's a couple of things that I didn't catch the first time I watched it. Well, I'll tell you, the first thing that caught my my, my eye, my brain, my got me engrossed in this was it was very 80s. The music, Max Hedrum was there. I mean, come on, dude. Yes, we we both grew up in the 80s, so... Yeah. So that's where this story starts. At least that's where you're led to believe that it starts in the 1980s, where we meet a shy young woman named Yorkie. And while there's... You mean like the dog breed? Yes, like the dog breed. But while she's at the nightclub, she meets up with a very lively, promiscuous woman named Kelly. Well, maybe not promiscuous, but she's a party girl. 
Well, they lead you to believe that she might be. Yeah. So she is being followed by a guy named Wes, who is, of course, trying to hit on her. And that's when, and I actually thought this was a, a cool way to introduce the two characters. Uh, Kelly just sits right now down next, down next to Yorkie and is like, you know, go with me here. And, um, you know, of course, when Wes comes along trying to talk, she's like, uh, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm trying to catch up with my friend here. She only has six months to live. And she's like, five, without missing a beat. Yeah, five, actually. <laughs> So as they leave the nightclub, and this is where we're led to believe that Kelly is somewhat promiscuous because she starts making some advances and tries making some moves on Yorkie, who declines, saying that she's engaged. Well, <laughs> then the story forwards a week later, and again, Yorkie sees that Kelly's flirting with another guy, but they reunite, and eventually they go to Kelly's beach house, where... They make love. And Ouch, she admits, wow, wow. <laughs> and admits that it is her first time. So this is where we learn a little bit more about Kelly. Uh, and, and she mentions that she is, you know, that she was once married. Now, the uh, story forwards a, forward a week again. And this, this time when Yorkie uh, is visiting the nightclub, she's not able to find her. So someone advises her to try a different time. And also she tries going to this place called the Quagmire. That was quite the place. Yeah. They and, did a visually stunning job with it. And at the same time, you're like, why would anybody go there? See, and it's interesting what they lead you to believe because they lead you to believe that at first that there's some kind of time traveling thing going on because when uh, uh, Yorkie meets up with Wes in the quagmire, you know, advises her to try a different time period. And also, uh, I think this was part of the episode where before she was going to go meet, you know, go back to try to meet up with her, she was listening to the boom box and she was trying to find the style and like uh, they played you know, short bits of different songs. And like, for example, when they were playing, um, uh, Robert Palmer, I think it was addicted, yeah, to, love. addicted to love. Yep. Yeah. She was kind of dressed up like the women in that video. And you know what I said out loud when that happened, I'm like, no, not that look. Cause that was horrible on her. So after she leaves the quagmire, she takes, uh, Wes's advice and tries a different time and eventually f- catches up with her in 2002. So again, this is where we're believe we're led to believe that this is actually a time traveler because we notice that while the music and the styles are changing, the characters don't actually seem to age. You know, and I, I said to my daughter, because she watched it with me, and by the way, I think at one point I told you she didn't like this episode. This is actually one of her favorite episodes. I was okay. incorrect. Uh, but I was watching it with my daughter, and I said, "What? what is this? Some sort of like... Um, 3d like game or something i didn't i didn't go right to time travel and she said maybe because that's her favorite answer because she's seen all of them before so she won't tell me if i'm on the right track or not which is kind of nice i guess but uh kind of annoying at the same time yeah so i i didn't go directly to time travel i went to 
um, because we've seen stuff like this before, and I know a lot of times they touch on other things. And I was like, okay, so is this some sort of a game? Because not too long ago we watched um, the one with the, the video game implanted in the head Play kind test. of thing. Playtest. Yes. And so I kind of was – that was in the back of my head and all this kind of stuff, and I'm like – but then when she said she was dying, and I'm like, so are they some sort of like – sentient like these people are all dead and this is some sort of sentient you know residual thing yeah because it took me a little while to catch on to that part because well i I wasn't sure on that until the very end you know right towards the end yeah because um i mean i was under the impression that uh, the same impression you were where i was wondering if it was like a simulated reality because one of the things that when they're on uh, Kelly and Yorkie are on the rooftop talking, that's when uh, one of them, I think it was Kelly asked like how many were tourists. And, and that's another thing that, you know, it's not really clear exactly what they mean by that at this point in the episode. Cause you're like, right. you know, cause you're and, told that. Oh, good. I was going to say, and the other thing that kind of gave it away was um, that there was something going on is when Kelly comes up on the, on the the uh, building because she thought um, she was going to jump. Yeah, that the other one was going to jump, and she said, "I hope you have your pain scale to zero or something like that." Yeah, your pain sliders. Your pain slider to zero, and I thought to myself, if that's an option, who wouldn't put their pain slider to zero? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I have zero to ten. Mm, I think I'll go with zero. Another scene in the, the episode that made uh, you wonder that there was something going on here is there was a scene where they were arguing in the bathroom. And after oh, yeah. Yorkie leaves, Kelly punches the mirror and it cracks. But then, like, when she looks back up, well, she looks at her hand and there's no blood or anything. Right. And then she looks back up at the mirror and it's completely patched up. You know, there's no no cracks or no signs that she had punched it. Right. So the story starts to unfold a bit more when they talk about where they actually live and how Yorkie was insistent that, you know, no, you don't want to see me in real life because they find out that, you know, they actually don't live too, too far away from each other. But reluctantly, Yorkie agrees to let Kelly visit her in real life. So that's where we really start to realize what's going on because we find out in real life, Kelly is an old woman. And then when she goes to visit Yorkie, she's going into uh, like an assisted living thing and we see that Yorkie's actually on life support. Uh, so yeah, this is... and had been that way, I believe, since she was like 21 and she was, and, Correct. and they said something like she's 63 or 65 or something like that. So Kelly, in the real world, meets up with another guy named Greg, who, of course, looks absolutely nothing like he looks inside the – at San Junipero. Yeah, Greg looked more like I do in the real world. <laughs> he, was a, he was a big dude. Yep. So they go and they sit down for coffee, and that's where we learn a little bit more about Yorkie, that she was a lesbian, and she had came out to her parents, and they didn't like it. And uh, soon afterwards, she got into a car accident that paralyzed her and her, you know, basically her family pretty much forgot about her. And 
this is one of those things that actually there's two things that I didn't catch the first couple times watching this episode. Um, first, early on when she's in the arcade, she sees the outrun game. And you'll notice that the car, it shows the car flipping over and Yorkie kind of like, you know, is taken back by it. And mm-hmm. like I said, I didn't get that one the first time. And I actually didn't get I didn't this... get that till you said that just now. <laughs> and there's another thing that I actually didn't catch until I just rewatched it last night. Uh, remember the scene where she's like, where Yorkie's trying to decide what she wants to wear and she's playing all those different songs. The first one, there was a lyric I caught about a girlfriend in a coma. So I'm not sure what band sang that song, but it's just one of those things that I just happened to pick up on. It's like, Mm -hmm. wait a second. Okay, foreshadowing. So she, they intend that what they were going to do is she was going to marry Greg so that he could consent to her euthanizing. But instead... Uh, Kelly offers to marry Yorkie. So they basically do a quick login where they, you know, they finalize everything. So the two get married and then Kelly authorizes Yorkie's euthanasia. So when Kelly does her next visit to San Junipero, you know, she asks her to pass over as well. And that's where we find a little bit more about Kelly that she used to be married and she had a daughter who also died young. I think like her daughter died at like 39 years old. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. And her husband Robert had been dead for a while too. Yeah, and you know, her husband decided that, you know, he just he didn't want to do the San Junipero. He just wanted to you know, die and see what comes next on his own, I guess. Well, it, she kind of alluded to the fact that he thought he would go to heaven and be with their daughter. Mhm. Yeah. And he thought that San Junipero would stop that from happening. So that's why he wanted no part of that. Yeah. But, you know, they have a bit of an argument, but eventually they make up and Kelly decides to, you know, she's going to, you know, go through the doctor assisted suicide so that she can also be uploaded to San Junipero. And then they have their happy little reunion. See, and I didn't get that. Right out of the gate, I thought she had decided to go and see what happened because Robert and the daughter were not part of San Junipero. And then it ends, and I'm like, holy shit, she didn't go to San Junipero. And then you have the after, you know, the, the cut scenes, and you're like, oh, oh, it's, it's, God, man, it was the only happy show I've seen so far on this thing. Yeah, and because there was this big, like, data warehouse where they showed this robot thing putting a little, because, uh, you know, we saw a little bit of this in, I think it was Playtest, and then, you know, where there's that little thing that they put on the side of your temple. Well, and they even showed it in this, too. When they when they went to get married, they showed them placing it on, yep. um, why can't I think of the other, uh, Yorkie's yes. head, and, they, and you saw um, Kelly put her own on. And they have some sort of little remote control that that takes care of getting them in and out of San Junipero. You know, so so it's a happy ending. But what I really want to talk about is the technology. Oh, yeah. And that's actually one of the best parts. And so let's start with the first obvious question. So, Chad, mm-hmm. if this technology did in fact exist, when you die, 
would you want to have your uh, consciousness uploaded to San Junipero? Oh, hell yes. What about you, Al? Yeah, especially if it means that I can choose to look like what I looked like when I was 24, when I was all buff and, and fit. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was. Th- well, that's not what I was thinking, but you're right. If I could be like, I'm 24 again, or I'm, I, I got married at 20, if I could look like I did when I was 20 for eternity? When you actually had hair? F*** off, Al. <laughs> but yes, I did have hair. Yes. So, and I actually asked my wife about it too, if this is something she'd want to do. And she was like, oh, hell yeah. So, I mean, I think that is certainly interesting. My main thing is, though, what if there was like a data crash and like a power outage? I mean, do like all the souls just kind of like mysteriously disappear? I don't know. I don't know. But Al, I'm going to ask you this. Can you see that picture? Yes. You are quite the handsome devil back then. Yeah, that's my wedding picture. I was young, and I looked halfway decent. And look at the hair, man. Look at the hair. You had a glorious set of hair. I did. I don't know what happened. Oh, wait. Two teenage daughters. (laughs) Zing. But there were actually some things I was curious about this technology and how it worked. Because I almost wonder, how much power do they get in there? Because near the end... You know, after they got married and they're reuniting, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Kelly's dressed in this wedding gown and, you know, Yorkie's just dressed in normal clothes. And she's and like, oh, you... damn, ugly shorts. What were up with those shorts? It was like every outfit. She wore those ugly, like khaki shorts. It was the 80s, Chad. It was the 80s. <sighs> I know, but... but they're so they were ugly in the 80s. They're ugly now. See, but what I wondered, it's like, okay, she, you know, she uh, sees Yorkie. It's like, oh, I come to meet you and you're, you're dressed like that. And then she like looks down and all of a sudden she's in a wedding gown. So it's like, okay, do the people in this uh, simulated reality, do they have, do they have some miraculous powers where they can just kind of change their appearance at will? Well, you know, I was thinking about that, too. That was one of the things I thought about. And you know what? They probably do, but not until they're permanent residents. Yeah, because one of the things they do mention, and this is another thing where, like, I could see this technology having to be tightly controlled, is they were mentioning that when they talked about a a five-hour-a-week limit, Mm -hmm. um, which for someone in Yorkie's condition where she was basically invalid and she couldn't interact with the outside world except through the mo you know generally through uh you know speaking to someone in the matrix so to say so to speak mm-hmm. i could see how someone like in that type of situation would want to spend all of their time in san junipero and i mean i'm almost wondering if they're making this a commentary i mean which wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me considering some of the episodes but if it's almost supposed to be a somewhat of a commentary on how there are people that pretty much would rather spend their all their time in a virtual world. You know, and that was the one drawback I saw to the technology is it's such a good, such a good place. I mean, I mean, come on, it looked like Los Angeles after dark, but you never saw a fight. You never saw. Except at the quagmire, the quagmire. Well, the quagmire, but those were set up for people's enjoyment, you know. It's well, like if if you're a UHF fan, right, 
or Ultimate Fighter or whatever, UFC. 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 If you're a UFC fan in life, when they upload your consciousness, you're still going to like that kind of stuff. So you're going to want to see that kind of stuff. See, I had a different take on the Quagmire because uh, if I'm not mistaken, a Quagmire, the definition, it's like being stuck in something, like being stuck mm -hmm. in a swamp. Well, I almost wonder if they set that up as an outlet because I almost wonder if, okay, in theory, if you did have people that got put in this simulated reality, if eventually they would snap, maybe they wouldn't be able to fully come to terms with it. So, because remember, they said that they were there to try to feel something. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, I guess there were people like drinking and doing drugs and... There was people on the steps having sex, yeah. Yeah, there were other... It was a uh, a house of ill re ill repute, so to speak. Right. But then <laughs> so, my question would be, why would someone like Kelly go there on a semi-regular basis? They knew who she was there. You well, know? again, maybe it was just something while she was there. She Maybe she was having trouble com coming to terms with things in real life. Because, again, we find out that she is dying and... Maybe the, she visited the quagmire as a way to kind of remind her of, you know, once you're there, you're there. And even if it is paradise, you know, there's no going beyond that. Um, and again, just because, and I think one of the reasons I like this episode is it does address something that's very scary. You know, death, the afterlife, mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you can have, you know, whatever beliefs you want about you know, what happens after we die, but it's all a matter of faith. You know, we don't really truly know what happens after we die. So, I mean, I could see how something like San Junipero would be helpful for people to try to ease that fear, or, you know, maybe if they didn't want to find out what happened, which is another thing. I mean, what if you've got someone who was like a murderer, a rapist, someone who was guilty of every crime and sin you can think of? I mean, would they be able to get to go to San Junipero? I mean, let's say they were on death row. Uh, would they be given that option to have their consciousness uploaded there? Right, and that's those are good questions. But again, those are outside the scope of the episode. We've, we've run into these quagmires before. <laughs> did you see what I did there? <laughs> um, yes. But we've run into these quagmires before where we're like, well, how does this affect this this set of people or this set of people? Because the episode itself only dealt with a certain fraction of the of society. And again, I think that's I, I'm assuming there's got to be some sort of a cost to this, but because to maintain a system like that, oh yeah, you know. And I think that I, at least you get the feeling by the way she dresses and by the way she even looks in you know in on unconscious state or an unresponsive state, Yorkie comes from money. Now, Kelly, I don't know if she came from money. She kind of looks like your typical 80s, you know, like... Uh, like Preppy. Like, well, preppy. Preppy, like, party kinda, girl. But she looks like those girls that were like in all the Michael Jackson videos and stuff like that, you know? She's got the big hair, the, the jean jacket, the, you know, that whole, that whole vibe. And... I think that also alludes to there being money somewhere in there. And all the guys are dressed, especially in the opening scenes, they're all dressed in like, remember in the 80s you had the suit jacket, but then you rolled your sleeves up over the head with the suit jacket. 
it was ridiculous then. It's ridiculous now, but it was still a thing. It was kind of what the preps and the jocks and the things like that did. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the guys like me who wore jeans and a t-shirt, and I ha- my style hasn't changed in years. You know, see, and that's one of the things I wondered uh, because. Yorkie's the only one that we've seen with like a beach house because there weren't any other houses on the beach. So that's what I almost wondered. It's like, is it like an online game in a way where you pay real money to get stuff in this virtual world? Maybe, but did you catch where she, when she first took Yorkie there, Yorkie's looking around at it and how big it was and stuff, and she goes, oh, it reminds me of where I used to live. Yeah, No, I didn't catch that, so... I thought that was telling as far as money as well, because a beach house like that is not cheap. (laughs) See, and here's the other thing, and I'm probably overthinking this, but I wonder, I mean, in this particular, (laughs) yes, you're smiling at me like that. Yes, I'm overthinking, but I almost wonder if like there's other like servers you can go to. So, I mean, what if you get bored of, you know, this beachside party town? I mean, what if you're more of a Las Vegas kind of person? Uh, I mean, I wonder if there's almost like a a separate like server you can go to like another city that would be more like Las Vegas or maybe one that's more like Disney World or something. I would bet there is. I mean, did you see the size of that server farm? Yes, that was big. Yeah. And there was not that many people in San Junipero. So that we could see. Right. So, I mean, but extrapolating from that. I would say that, yes, there are other servers and other places you can go to. So any final thoughts on this episode? Now, you said you did actually like it. so I did. I thought it was a well-acted for once. Um, <laughs> that is one of my biggest problems with this series is the actors are – it's almost like some of them are cut out of cardboard and there's somebody sitting there behind them making their lips move. You know, it's some of it's really bad. I didn't feel that way about this show. I didn't feel, I felt that they told a really good story start to end. I mean, I was a good 20, 25 minutes in before my brain even started going like, wait, there's something going on here. You know, I thought they told a pretty good love story as well. You know, from the meeting to that that first interaction to to the wedding, you know, and the argument along the way. And I mean, sure, it was all condensed in as far as this, that, and the next thing. But I think they told a really good story. Um, I hope there's more like this one. Not, and it doesn't have to have a happy ending for me to like it. I will tell you that. Um, in fact, most times I'm like, come on, can the bad guys just win one? But um, you know, and, uh, but no, I just thought it was a really well put together script. I thought it was a well-directed story. I just thought it was good. Yeah. And I mean, and I like it cause it does have that happy ending. I did like the little plot twist in there where, I mean, early on in the episode, you're made to, you're led to think that something's up, but I wasn't expecting this whole thing about how San Junipero was basically a server for the consciousnesses of dead people. I totally missed it. I'll be honest. I was 20 or 25 minutes in before my brain went, something's not quite right here. So, 
<laughs> Overall, I said an enjoyable episode. Unfortunately, the next episode we're going to review, Men Against Fire, doesn't have quite as happy as an ending, but I think in some ways that this epi- the next episode is probably one of the scarier episodes in the series. Okay. Well, and I, I was thinking about it as we were talking. There was one other episode I did like. What's that? And that was in season two. I think it's the final episode, the Christmas episode. Oh, yes. Yeah, White Christmas. White Christmas. I enjoyed that one as well. And that yeah, did that not a have a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> so uh, before we overthink this episode anymore. Yes, sir. Chad. If, if people want to hear more from my faithful companion, where can they find him? Well, find me on eclecticmediaproject.com. You can find us there. You can find us on Podbean, on iTunes, also at Eclectic Media Project. Um, Yeah. Oh, Facebook. You can find us either by Eclectic Media Project or by each of our individual uh, podcasts. So. And also, uh, one other thing quickly. We are recording this on February 10th. Uh, now, for those of you who have been listening to the uh, podcast for the uh, last couple months and following uh, Point of Insanity Game Studio on Facebook, uh, you know that I have the Kickstarter I'm running, which by the time this episode drops, it will have been over. It is funded. So what uh, comes next with that? Um, probably going to be about two weeks before I get start getting the PDFs out, though I actually anticipated being sooner than that and then uh, if any listeners if you did uh, p- if you did uh, select the reward tier that gets you a print copy of strange things afoot I yes Chad's one of them I am hoping to start getting those in the mail uh, by the end of March basically what I need to do is uh, once I have everything finally revised and edited uh, I'm gonna get one more proof copy of the print Uh, for the print version just to make sure everything formats correctly and then we're going to start sending them out so again if any listeners out there if you did support the kickstarter i really appreciate it and i think that's all about i I have to say right now awesome al i'm glad it i'm glad you funded it um i know there were shaky times where you weren't sure if it was going to happen or not but it did that's awesome as a as a producer of um, you know self published stuff, I mean that's a feather in your cat, man. Yep. So thanks again for listening, everyone, and have a good evening or morning or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are, and have a great day. Bye bye. Hey, this is Nick and Alex, and we're here to tell you a little bit more about Dungeon Junkies. Now, we're a podcast that's based in Austin, Texas, and we are hell-bent on making you laugh. Absolutely. We have some fantastic storytelling uh, with some badass characters and even better music, as well as a ton of jokes to make you laugh. So join Fenworth, Taryn, and Dr. Euphoria, and our sexy DM, Kenny, on a quest to save the world or destroy it. I guess whichever one comes first. (laughs) And you can also check out our Real Talk episodes where we get meta inside our campaign and really figure out the depths of our characters and also the story. 
So check us out on www.dungeonjunkies.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Dungeon Junkies, because not all adventurers are meant to be heroes. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.